0: You're listening to, so to, and a, to <laughs> a Mama Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix.
1: Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick, the
0: entertainment editor at Mamma Mia. And I'm Kiris. I work at Social Squad, which is Mamma Mia's internal social media agency, and TGIF, girlfriend, I'm recording from home because I just got a COVID test. Happy weekend to moi. I know, what a way to start the morning. Did you feel like your brain was being tickled?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling really weird in my nose. It feels like someone violated <laughs> me up there. Oh, buddy, I'm sorry you're not feeling well, but I think it's cute that we're both back at home under our blankets recording. It's like the good old days of first-time lockdown. So true. Some might say twinning. Twinning in our blankets. Oh, 2020 is sad. <laughs> 2020 is so sad. But
0: something that's going to make you happy is our weekend watch, because today we are telling you about one movie and one documentary that you must, must watch this weekend. But first, our entertainment news headlines. I have news. What's the hot gas? Go- I want more headlines. Jerry Harris from Netflix's Cheer docuseries is under investigation by the FBI for allegedly soliciting explicit photos and sex from minors. So at this stage, Jerry has just been arrested and not yet charged. However, they did execute a warrant at his home on Monday. The investigation is based on allegations brought by 14-year-old twin brothers. And the twin brothers sat down for an interview with USA Today and they described a pattern of harassment both online and at Cheer competitions. They alleged that this started when the were around 13 and Jerry was 19 and it continued for more than a year he's also accused of asking one of the brothers to have sex with him in 2019 at two varsity cheerleading competitions so we'll continue to follow the story and provide an update because I know that there are a lot of cheer fans out there
1: and especially because he was very much the breakout star of that series and was on the Oscars red carpet and doing so many appearances I'm sure there's a lot of confused young fans who are watching this news at the moment who are having a lot of difficulty understanding what's happening
0: well on to some happier news babies always make us happy baby announcements so three years on from their bachelor finale Maddie J and Laura Byrne are having their second baby so the family are currently on holiday in Byron Bay and they popped up a cute little family photo with their one-year-old daughter Marley May and shared it to Instagram and Mamma Mia podcast host Laura Byrne wrote I reckon we've kept this little beach ball under wraps for long enough halfway to number two with her gorgeous little baby bump showing in the
1: picture and I don't know why but this made me really happy. Well I think we just need happy news right now and she really did keep it under wraps I mean there hasn't even been any kind of paparazzi photos or any kind of like inkling that this is happening so it was a big shock last night and I think people were really excited to see it the best part was little Marley May's face in the photos so she and Maddie J were both doing the shocked face so like with my little surprise so yeah that's really cute. Okay. And in Bachelor news, because yes, we do have to talk about it because there's still a lot of drama going on in the house. So this week, we're down to our final cluster of women who are about to take young Lockie home to meet their families. But Key, once again, there was a lot of drama in the house. The only housemates I really think are on the show right now, Bella and Irina, I could not even tell you who those other faceless women are. It's just become about this feud and the way Lockie's treating both of them because of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So the night before last, that episode kind of... Of ended on Loki, kind of getting a little bit mad at Bella for bringing the Irina drama to his attention, and kind of talking to him about it. And it was very dramatic at the rose ceremony. Him, you know, pulling her to the side before giving her, eventually giving her the rose to kind of reprimand her. Anyway, fast forward to the next episode and Bella is kind of given this redemption arc. She's given the last single date before hometowns and, you know, it's very la-dee-da. They're breaking things and putting things back together, very symbolic. And she comes back with a rose which Irina just couldn't handle and she... Just wasn't having it, got up, stormed away, was just not interested in, what do they call those cats?
1: The Cheshire cats that are the grinning cats? Yes, that is a Cheshire cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) like you've never seen Alice in Wonderland.
0: Oh my God, sorry. So she just really couldn't handle that. And that was the last one of all the girls, I think, to really blow their lid. Irina has been relatively kind of kept it all together, but I think the stakes are just getting too high and it seems like something really bad has happened between them.
1: Yeah, look, here's what's really irritating me this week because there's a new irritant every single week with these people is that with this redemption arc that Bella's been given, it's very similar to what Matt Agnew did last season where if the women kind of, in his opinion, stepped out of line or were being bitchy or fighting or too emotional, he kind of, you know, pulled them into line. And it just goes to show how much power The Bachelor has over these women's emotions. And I found it actually really cringy watching Lockie kind of, put Bella through the ringer after her outbreak because whether or not you agree with what she was saying about Irina bitching behind her back and starting all these little rumors she was obviously that's what she believed had happened she was really upset about it so she took Matt aside at the cocktail party Matt god they look they look the same they act the same I can't even (laughs) tell them apart she took Lockie aside at the cocktail party and was explaining to him and he just acted almost like gaslighting her and saying that she was being crazy and he was going to kind of punish her for it and we really saw that in the ceremony where he took her outside, and she had to completely change her tune and completely like change her belief and what she was upset about and, you know, really bow to his will in that way. I thought it was actually quite creepy to watch. She was saying like, you're right, you're right. I was overreacting. I only care about us. It's like she had to really prove to him that she had this devoted, you know, blinders on love for him, and that she didn't have any other emotions or any other flaws or anything like that. Like, she went back into the mold of being this perfect little Stepford wife because that's what apparently he wants. He just wants women without emotions or complications or flaws. So they all have to fall into line. Otherwise, they're going to be humiliated at a rose ceremony. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that's just what I think after watching it. No, I'm glad that you pointed that out because,
0: you know, me, I watch so much reality TV, a lot of it just washes <laughs> over me, and I'm like, Except though, I will tell you, I did watch the. Finally, got around to watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion, and I almost turned it off because, honey, I am woke and I'm feeling the feels, and I know what's <laughs> I'm happening. So proud of you! I know. I thought you'd be proud, but I'm never gonna stop watching it because I do love it so much. But I'm glad that you pointed it out because it is controlling in a way. I feel like because there's a real power imbalance there because they are at the mercy of him for staying. And I guess to really pull her up on that and and, then do it in such a dramatic way, like he was obviously always going to give her the rose. I feel like it was like a little bit almost teaching her a lesson, which I don't think in a relationship you should ever be really teaching someone a lesson. It doesn't really bode well for a healthy relationship. And you also don't want to humiliate them. So there are a few things there that were a misstep for me, but also it's a TV show. We need it to be interesting. It did raise the
1: stakes. We're all talking about
0: it today. They've won. We've lost. I know. Look,
1: we haven't completely lost because it's still a trash fire of a show. I just think it's perpetuating this myth that they all have to be like the cool girl, you know, like super easygoing and fun. Yeah. And, Nothing worries and just, me. And, yeah, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just here t- devoted to you and I don't have any feelings of my own. My only feelings are a reflection of you. And I know they're just locked away in this house, and all they can talk about is him, and all they think about is him, because he's the center of their world right now. But yeah, it was it's going into really disturbing territory, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes with all the home. Town visits once he's kind of having to speak to their families after everything that's happened in the house but god i kind of just want this season to be over i can't talk about this anymore
0: well uh i'll be tuning in next week for hometowns and we'll report back then <laughs> i finished my work week on my couch ordered some food it's time for we can watch our recommendations of what to watch this weekend righty, Laura Brodnick, you are the expert. Give me your expert recommendation for this weekend, please.
1: Oh, thanks, I've been called an expert. Recently, I've kind of fallen out of love with romantic comedies because I feel now that they don't make the big budget ones they used to. They're just on this kind of Netflix churn. And so they just feel really soulless and following the same kind of formula. So I was very pleasantly surprised recently when I watched the new rom-com that's out at the movies it opened this week in Australia called The Broken Hearts Gallery. Welcome to The Broken Heart Gallery. Heartbreak is the loneliest feeling in the world, and the truth is it happens to us all. It stars Australian actress Geraldine Verswanahan as Lucy, who's a gallery assistant working in New York. She has this kind of odd habit of collecting mementos from past relationships. So her whole room is basically a shrine to all these people she's been in love with, like shoelaces, piggy banks, spoons, coffee cups. And then she has this kind of big blow out at work and gets fired and she's running through the streets of new york jumps into the back of what she thinks is her lift driver but it's actually just a random guy called nick played by stranger things and fellow australian star dark montgomery who played billy in stranger things then they kind of form this unlikely friendship and he's like trying to build his dream hotel she starts this thing called the broken hearts gallery where she gets all these people to bring in mementos from their relationship to kind of give them the respect that they deserve as kind of memories, which is actually based on a true story. And it's just this lovely rom-com of these two people building their dreams side by side and they have one of those really like opposites attract romance. And it's been so long since I've watched a movie where I actually really wanted the couple to be together, not because the movie told me to, but because their chemistry and their story was so much pulling in their direction that you're really cheering for that happy ending i've got to say it's kind of made me fall back in love with rom-coms again
0: oh my god honey that is so cute i have actually seen people over in the states writing about this for the past few weeks because obviously it's been released earlier over there and i was so waiting for it to come here
1: so i'm really excited about this and i love rom-coms my favorite bloody genre And I know not everyone can get to the movies right now, but I'm sure it will be released online very soon as well. All right,
0: on to moi. I am very French today. That's the second moi I've (laughs) used. I have such a good recommendation and I'm so excited to talk about it. So it's called Freeman and it's a new documentary on the ABC and it tells the story of Australia really coming together as a nation around Indigenous athlete Kathy Freeman, who delivered the gold for Australia in the women's 400 metres at the Sydney 2000 olympics so that is 20 years ago and it's around this time i think on the 25th is the actual date that she ran that race basically 20 years on this documentary is a look back at you know one of australia's proudest moments and what i really loved about it is that it goes through all of the monumental moments in her career as a young athlete until being a professional athlete but also as an activist for aboriginal people and also social justice at the time
1: run for yourself kathy you've uh... You don't have to carry anyone's burden.
0: I mean, I was 12 when the Sydney Olympic Games happened and I think I was a little bit too young to really grasp the depth and importance of kind of what was happening around me. And the brilliant thing about this is that through the documentary, there are these really big pictures that have been blown up through various stages in her life, various memories, and Kathy's kind of walking through all of these moments and sitting down and then narrating it. But the narration is paired with video and audio of journalists, politicians, commentators, just people in the wider community in Australia commenting on like footage from that time so you really are transported back to 20 30 years ago and you get a really good read on kind of what Australia was like and then to top it off there are these amazing dancers in there who bring Kathy's memories to life and also a really important part of it is spirituality and her connectedness to her people and they do that through contemporary interpretive dance which I found was like quite gorgeous as well so what I wanted to really say about it is that I think it's really timely for what's happening right now for us to really look back on something because this is something that unified us as a country but at that time it was really turbulent politically in australia to put it into perspective 20 years ago aboriginal people weren't even recognized as the indigenous people of australia So that's how far back it was. But as a most high-profile athlete, Kathy really captivated people, and she really took it upon herself to be a driving force for changing race relations in Australia at the time. So she she kind of talks about from a really young age. she, She knew that being black really held her back, but that all changed when she ran, and she knew the power in sport. That sport really had in bringing people together. So it goes through everything. It goes through her win at the Commonwealth Games to that iconic. Picture of her having the Aboriginal flag and the Australian flag that really divided the nation. People just couldn't handle the fact that white Australia was being paired with Indigenous Australia and people loved her but didn't want to associate the two. I
1: think it is improper to associate the Aboriginal flag with the Australian flag. With all due respect, I don't care, I'm here to run and that's all I'm to do. So, no regrets, Kathy? No, no regrets.
0: <laughs> I wanted to shout, look at me, look at my skin, I'm black and I'm the best. There is no more shame. It really was this kind of beginning for Australia and their movement towards acknowledging Aboriginal people and you know, why Australia really began learning about Aboriginal history, learning about the Stolen Generation. Reconciliation started. And then to top it off, all of this stuff is happening. She has this arch nemesis who is just such an amazing runner. She's got the weight of Australia on her shoulders. And she's, you know, she's just an amazing athlete it's just such a good story and such a good lesson in history and i think something that maybe we wouldn't didn't even at the time really give that much credit for i mean we were obsessed with her we were crazy like kathy freeman crazy but I think looking back, just even at this time with everything going on, it's a really beautiful story and I think it will reignite conversations within people's household about Australia and where we are headed in the future.
1: Exactly. Amazing recommendation. I agree. It's such an important watch. Did you t- say where the people can watch it?
0: Oh, my God, I didn't because I was right, just too busy gushing. She's to I tell guys. the people. Well, <laughs> you guys, it's for free. You get to watch for free because it is on the ABC. So you can watch it on iView thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. We hope you've had a great week. We hope you love listening. I wanted to do a quick shout out to our Melbourne listeners because we are thinking about you and we didn't even give you a shout out this week. I was thinking to myself last night as I was getting ready for bed. Maybe TMI. Laura's nodding her head. Yes. This episode of The Spill was produced by Maddie Joannou. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye.
1: Bye.